Welcome to best song ever! Oh, who is that rapping at my chamber door? Let me just open it here. Oh, hey, it's a costumed Kevin Connor. You look so great, Kev. Trick or treat. Oh, here's some healthy candy. So what this is, this is um, some oat leather that I made and uh, added some sugar to. So you can have that. Um, okay. Happy so, Halloween. So, so trick. Got it. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I, it's, it's a treat depending on who's I'm, looking at it. I'm going to get you. I, I get it. I see how it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, what, what's this costume you got going on here, Kev? I'm, uh, I'm a little confused. It looks like you're covered in blood you uh you have some sort of crown on i'm is this are you mixing things i don't this isn't anything i recognize i'm colonization oh you're the, you're colon, that's so conceptual that's great i um, listen it's 2021 we got to go abstract with these cuz everything literal has been done already yeah yeah that's true um i'm going as just like a sphere just a, you figure a, it out. A plain sphere. <laughs> I don't know what it is. You, yeah, it's like you put you put what meaning you want. It's like sort of like a Rorschach. I like it. Yeah. Um. So obviously we're getting ready for this spooky weekend because it's Halloween weekend, and uh, Kevin and I wanted to put together the ultimate Halloween playlist. Yeah. So if everyone's got parties and stuff, you know, we got you covered. We got. The top 10 spooky songs that you need on your Halloween playlist. So we each contributed five songs and we're going to run them down. So want me to start? Uh, yeah, you go first. And uh, why don't we like just say up front that like we're missing some of the like obvious choices, right? Oh, yeah. Here we can do a little honorable mention at the end and Perfect. talk about a couple because I had a couple that I considered. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, and these are definitely unique to us. Like, when we pick our top ten, it's the ones we would pick. You know, I know not everybody would pick these because they're a bunch of indie band songs, but they're, you know, through my through my perspective. So not not everyone's heard of Ray Parker Jr. Yeah, not everyone knows this uh, under the radar rising talent there. Um, my first one. This is. I mean, one of my all-time favorite songs, favorite duos of all time, Run the Jewels, with the titular, Run the Jewels, from the album, Run the Jewels, <laughs> and, you know, did you think of this as a spooky song at first, Kevin? Uh, well, first of all, you gotta love the trifecta of a song being the same name as the artist and the album. Oh, Rare, but incredible. No, you know, I it didn't it wasn't top of mind, but when I saw that it was on your list, I was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um Yeah. It's got like, like that dark moody just like driving mm-hmm. tone. The mm-hmm. the dark drone going on. What yeah, an incredible like, uh like first impression of Run the Jewels. So good. Yeah. But like the album artwork, they're like zombie hands. So that like right there and if you watch the video it's very like spooky themed there's sort of like different like things overlaid on their face that make them scary and they talk about it's alive and it's hungry as fuck 
classic. Of course. Um, but yeah, this this song is just, I mean, you can't beat it. Whether it's a Halloween playlist or just any playlist. It's yeah, I was going to say, put it on every playlist. <laughs> it never is out of place. All right, well, so, look, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, another amazing hip-hop artist, but on a remix. And I'm going to go with the Evil Friends featuring Danny Brown, Jake oh, One remix from Portugal shit. the Man. I didn't and, even realize uh, you did the remix. That's yeah. such a great choice. Well, I love the intro to that song where it's like kind of a yeah. faux, folky, just like... Uh, it's really sort of acoustic. like filtered. Yeah. yeah. And then it goes into like a very serviceable pop rock song that I really do do like. But this remix featuring Danny Brown, who's incredible, yeah, essentially just features the first part of the song. And it's got a very creepy vibe to it. I actually pulled this off a Halloween playlist from a party I threw years ago. And when I was looking yeah. through it, I was like, oh, this one for sure. Yeah, when I saw you picked uh, Evil Friends in general, I was like, oh, that's a great choice. Why did I not think of that? So, yeah. well done. Well, I think we both right. kind of stole some from each other, so we're yeah, definitely on for the same sure. page. Um, my next one is, it's all over TikTok right now. Uh, I constantly hear <laughs> it playing on Kyle's feed. Um, I played it on the podcast when it came out a few years ago for the Halloween episode. I think in 2018 and it's still going strong. Such a great, creepy song. MGMT with little dark age. Again, it's got that like great bass going on in it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, got a spooky vibe for sure. That was sort of like the comeback of MGMT. And so I'm just happy to see that they're killing it on TikTok. Yeah. You know, they, um, they were so, huge with their debut yeah i mean just every song was everywhere in like the late 2010s and then i think their second album was like kind of a this this fine it wasn't it wasn't the the big like hit that their first one was but it is cool to see mgmt like still putting out great albums and like this song is definitely indicative of that album being just awesome yeah that album's so good all right, what you got next? This one is probably my most basic pick. But I love this mm. song so much, and it's got some kind of wild history around it that it uh, it's fun. And that is Somebody's Watching Me by Rockwell. Yes. I Like, Thriller was, is I the obvious I heard it on the commercial. Pick. Yeah. Yeah. Thriller is the obvious pick, but this song is so good. It is an uncredited feature from Michael Jackson. Like, that's insane. Oh, really? Yeah, he does the chorus. Wait, so I was like, man, he sounds so much like his cousin. Because isn't his cousin? His Rockwell? uncle is Barry oh. Gordy, I think. Oh, okay. Wait, now... I I had it wrong. But no, yeah, they maybe, had maybe I'm uh, conflating Rockwell with LMFAO. Because they're somehow also... With Red Foo? Oh, he's the son of Barry Gordy. Oh, he's Barry Gordy's son. Yeah. Oh, so um, that was probably the Michael Jackson connection then. Yeah. Barry but Gordy. 
nepotism aside, this song rules. It oh, is it's so good. Spooky. It's funny. It's a great beat. It's a great like '80s pop hit. I. Uh, it's awesome. I this this any <laughs> playlist would be, uh, incomplete without somebody's watching me. For sure. I just love that I've been like, man, he sounds so much like Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that until I I think I heard about it on like an old Punch Up the Jam episode, and I was like, yeah, that I makes remember so that much episode. Sense. Yeah. Oh man, what a great one! It must have on any Halloween playlist for sure. Absolutely. All right. Well, mine is not as basic. Another, you know, indie uh, deep cut, but it's perfectly on brand. Uh, this is Little Fang by A.V. Tears Slasher Flicks. Have you ever heard of any such thing, Kevin? Uh, yeah, I listened to this okay, playlist yesterday and uh, okay. checked it out. I Listen, I feel like an asshole coming in here and I'm like, I've never heard of this. So you put your songs in there and I did my research, Luke. But do you know who A.V. Tear is? No idea. Okay, it's Dave Portner, the, the the musical name of him, of Animal Collective. That's oh. what the A.V. Tear character is from, because, you know, you got Panda Bear, Geologist, A.V. Tear, and Deacon. Are there four, like, characters that they sort of made for Animal Collective? But it's him and Angel Deer Dorian, who was from uh, Dirty Projectors. She's awesome. And so, yeah, that's a really great album, and it's all very uh, Halloween-y themed. The press photos of them like dressed up and like have like fake serial killer like knives and stuff it's super fun and it's a jam it's so good the little high creepy voice thing yeah uh and he says like hey mr fuzzy face or something like that it's it's so much halloween fun going on in this song yeah you know nothing like bringing a song that was a kind of unknown back to life Yes, like my next song, which is a, another obvious choice, but I couldn't leave it off with uh, the cranberries with zombie. Yeah, because maybe not as obvious of a Halloween spooky song, but an amazing song and definitely like important since uh, since the lead singer of the cranberries passed away last year, I believe. Yep, right? Dolores. Dolores. Yep. Or- Reardon? Reardon. 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 See, don't let me take attempts at these names. <laughs> uh, I said I, I wanted know to because I've heard other people say it. I I said I didn't want to come off like an asshole this episode. I'm doing a terrible job, but that song rules. It's amazing. I don't really need to get yeah. in depth on it. Uh, it was like well, Annie's favorite song when she was like five or something. Which great taste. Yeah, very good taste. I didn't even know it when I was five. I honestly didn't know it until I heard Andy Bernard sing it on The Office and then looked it up. <laughs> what is that song he's singing? You were like, this, um, this song is so good, but it's sung so poorly. I wonder if it could be any better. So that also goes on my Andy Bernard jams playlist uh, for sure. But, the Nardog you know, list. yes, the Nardog for sure. Um, like, it's minor key, and that's pretty much all you need for a spooky song. It's <laughs> making minor key, and it sounds dark and scary. And uh, Zombie certainly does that, for sure. It'll get your party going if everyone screams, Zombie, A, A, at the top of the How do you lungs. not? Nice. And we have, we have Ed Helms to thank for that, for sure, because he made it fun. I thank Ed Helms all. every day before <laughs> I go to bed. <laughs> yes. Um, I thank Egg Helms. Auntie Donna reference there. Yes. (laughs) All right. Well, my next one. 
This is another deep cut again, but uh, it talks about vampires. It's in minor key. That's all you need. Uh, this is Arcade Fire with neighborhood number two, Laika, which uh, I always especially liked this song because it spoke right to me because they say Alexander, our older brother. And I have an older brother named Alexander. So oh. I was always like, hey, talking about me. And the whole vampire thing, actually, like, reading the lyrics, my interpretation of it, because I didn't really pay attention to the lyrics before, but the whole vampire thing, it seems like it's sort of like a thing where he goes out into the world, sort of starts thinking for himself, making choices for himself, and that's sort of the vampirism of it. And then the more, like, conservative family, like, are embarrassed by him and trying to, like, cast these sort of demons out. And it all sort of culminates in the police lights in the neighborhood. So you, it seems like the tensions kind of boil and some bad stuff happens. And so it's interesting layers if you dig into that song. But then they talk about him being bit by a vamp- vampire. It's a great Halloween jam for sure. Yeah, it's uh, that era of Arcade Fire. No misses. It's just. Yeah, it's my favorite album yeah. of theirs. Yeah, really. Funeral. Yeah, I um, I I mean, I love Neon Bible and the Suburbs so much, but Funeral will always hold a special place in my heart. That's fair. I go, I go the Suburbs because like I was aware of Arcade Fire. I knew they were a good band, but like Suburbs was the first album that I like yeah. listened to start from finish with them, and it just starts. You so can't strong. go wrong. Yeah. with either of those three. All right, Luke. Uh, perennial podcast up here. And uh, one of their best songs on their best album, I'm going with Evil Death Roll from King Gizzard yes. and the Lizard Wizard off of Nanagon Infinity. Yes. This is like cheating because Nanagon Infinity is obviously a project that loops upon itself and kind of maintains its it, theme throughout. Uh, it so, has a very... Uh spooky vibe yeah yeah like i'm just choosing that whole that whole record like just it's yeah the whole thing could awesome. work yeah uh and it's it's one of their it is their best project i think i mean they've this was right before they kind of did the five albums in a year thing which all yeah were good but not as good as nonagon infinity and like they've done cool projects since i really liked yeah. their metal album but he just this was like 2016 yeah, it's when I interviewed him. Yeah. Stu McKenzie. And uh yeah, I I mean, I think it's their best. Although their one Butterfly 3000, I believe from this year was pretty solid. It's given this one a run for its money. I really like it. I think the only thing that I have going for Nanagon Infinity is that it's just a genre of music I prefer more than Butterfly 3000. Oh, interesting cuz yeah, I think it's the opposite with me. I like their sort of funkier vibier thing. Where yeah. this one rocks a little harder. Yeah. Um, I mean, the fact that we're, like, debating which is the best one and, like, shows King Gizzard and Lizard Wizard's range. Oh, yeah. I've got other ones that I consider favorites as well. Yeah, they're insane. Yeah. So I'm glad you got them on here because we've shouted them out so many times this year every time they put a new thing out. So yes. I was like, yes, we're getting them on the Halloween playlist. All right, Luke, go with your last one, which you uh stole like yeah uh, like a vampire steals blood because this was like my initial thought and i was like of course 
Luke too. Yes, and I gulped it up. Uh, this, uh, yeah, and I mean, this is the low hanging fruit of yeah. the Halloween playlist again on so many uh, like Halloween commercials. Yeah, but it's so great. Yeah, yeah, yes. yes. Heads will roll. Uh, I see what you have did there. You... <laughs> you did three yes. Yeah, you got it. Have you uh, have you heard the remix of this? The A track remix. I feel like I have. It came, at some it's, point. It's in my got life. like a zombie on the cover. It's a good. Uh, nice. It's a good take in the song where it's not just. It's like the Portugal the Man one where it's it's. Yeah, like we're almost a totally like... different track entirely. It just right. like features the the vocal. There's a. There's a Wolfman in this video too. They're playing on stage and a Wolfman runs in, and everyone's like, "What the heck, a Wolfman!" And wow. I'll start running around. Do you remember that part in the video? I do. Um, <laughs> this was my first but, Yeah Yeah Yeahs album that I like bought. Oh really? Yeah, like I'd oh. heard them before, but like I was, it was kind of like Arcade Fire in the suburbs, where I was like, I know who these guys are, and this new album's coming out. I'm going to purchase it. Cause you're a youngster, yeah. so you would have missed Fever to Tell. Cause Maps was all over VH1 when I was in middle school. That's and how like, I knew them. I knew Maps and was just like, yeah. next one, I'm getting in on the ground floor, dude. And this album uh, is, I think, my favorite Yeah Yeah's album. Even though I love Fever to Tell, uh, this one is where they went kind of. Uh, uh, it's Blitz is the name of this album, and it's where they went like electronic. And there were mm-hmm. a lot of bands doing that that year, and that like weren't known for doing that. And I really loved when they did it. The song Zero is another favorite of mine. Yeah. Um. But yeah, this is yeah. a must-have, no question. This was like right along when uh, I got into yep the XX because that album came out yep. in the same year, mm-hmm. and I was just like. Music could never be better. Yaysayers, like uh, yeah. Matter Red, uh, that song. That it album. was just like a really good electronic presence in pop music. Yeah. Popular music. This isn't really pop. But... No, like indie. Yeah. Indie rock, yeah. It's when um, I was becoming cool. Exactly. What Why? you got for your last one? Bring us home, buddy. All right, I'm cheating. Uh, I told you I was going to do this. Because I, in, if you go to the playlist on Spotify, which we'll link in the show notes, yes, I have put in the classic, absolute banger, Ghostbusters by Ray Parker Jr. And it's a great song. Yes. Listen to it. You'll love it. For sure. But I am going to prompt everyone to go on the internet, which, you know, ask your parents first. Yeah, um, for sure. And Google Bustin'. On uh, on YouTube, do the do the good old YouTube search by yes. uh, Neil Cisriga. Do it on YouTube, not Google. That yeah. might bring up some others. <laughs> Safe search on. <laughs> and this is a remix he made of the Ghostbusters theme song, and I genuinely think it's better than the original. Oh, no question. It's incredible. It's all about. It's mostly featuring the. Uh, classic line Bustin makes me feel good and it's just like I the first time I heard it I was in disbelief I was like how could someone make such a good song so much better a song that I've been like oh 10 out of 10 like into a 20 out of 10 right it's an incredible remix it, it's, it's that played. part 
Yeah, it's the part where he has the horns like rising with just busting, busting, like mm-hmm. looping. That part's just so epic. It's so good. We were at a bachelor <laughs> party and we were listening to music yeah. and we played that. It like every August, I'm like, oh shit, spooky season's two months away. It's time to start listening to Bustin' <laughs> once a week. And like I played it this year on the stereo, and Annie's like, play it again. It's too good. <laughs> play just it loop again. it. Uh so I like Ghostbusters great, but go listen to Bustin' because I know that yeah. I'll listen to it. Like, literally the second we wrap up today. Yeah. I know it because of you, and it's the greatest gift you've ever given me. <laughs> Thank you. Well, there you go. Those are our top ten spooky songs. Uh, I You want to do a little bit of honorable mention? Uh, do you have any that you want? Because I had a couple to bring up. I'll take the two obvious, Thriller and Monster Mash. Uh, We've never heard the Monster Mash. We've only heard a song about it, but it's still good. Um, Also, if you like Monster Mash, go listen to the Monster Fuck from the Comedy Bang Bang podcast. That's a a fun one. Um, Also, uh, the two that I thought, I had one in there for a minute, and then I was just like, I have to put yeah, 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 but remove Tyler the Creator, Yonkers. Um, Mm -hmm. Obviously... A uh, very creepy video where he had, like, the demon eyes, you know, and it's got that scary vibe for sure. Um, And then Dead Man's Party by Oingo Boingo. Uh, Are you familiar with this one? It's a classic. That's a good one. Danny Elfman, baby. Um, But, yeah, it's got sort of like a creepy 80s rock vibe. It's it's great, yeah. Danny Elfman in the 80s just, like, could not miss. Yeah, you know what's crazy? You had Devo and Oingo Boingo, two like weirdo bands, two like weirdo bands of the '80s who were very popular. And then Mark Mothersbaugh and Danny Elfman went on to be like two of the biggest composers of TV and film of the past like decades. You know, he did uh, the best Batman theme. Yeah, I will not be for taking Batman questions. Yes, for the Batman. titular Batman for Batman, which is also the best Batman movie. I want to rewatch all those. They're amazing. I uh, Christmas is coming up, which means I will be watching Batman I, Returns. Yeah, obviously. Yes. And Die Hard. And Die all Hard. right. So those were our top ten spooky songs. You could check our Twitter at Best Song Ever Pod to find that playlist. Um, and we're gonna give our touts and shouts here in a second. But then after that, we are going to give our spoilerific review of Dune. Um, so the last 10 or so minutes will be us discussing Dune. Spoiler warning. Uh, but if you're ready to hear the spoilers, go check that out. I'm so excited. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, let's talk about the non-spooky, non-Dooney music that we've been enjoying in our touts. Totes. All right, Luke. I have been going through my albums i need to listen to playlist once again i've got a few favorites from there but before that a couple new releases Mm -hmm. remy wolf with juno what an awesome album love it so much been a rotation for the past couple days for me i've been listening to her old stuff too she's just like churns out hits yeah so great so funny my favorite line is on quiet on set when she says should i postmates Chuck E. cheese ain't no Chuck E. cheese in los Feliz." <laughs> yeah she's an amazing lyricist like very funny very like talented it's just 
like I'm super excited that she's kind of blowing up. Yeah. I really liked Lelouz with Lelouz, a self-titled album. They uh, they had released a seven-song EP previous, and this features a lot of that, plus a few more tracks. Mm. And it's just a very good, vibey, like, not so ambient, but kind of... It, I put it in that category, because there's a lot of music that I'll put on while I'm, like, trying to read or something, and this definitely, yeah. definitely is a great selection for that. Nice. Something from last year, Bloodblat... Bloodbath. Bloodbath 64 and TV Girl with Aesthetic Delica. I saw you listening to this. I love TV Girl. I've I heard a couple of their songs before. And I missed I this last this year. And it's really good. It's kind of an electronic ambient album. The cover is really mm. spooky. It kind of makes sense for Halloween. It's like bright pink zombie face. Nice. Uh, really, really been enjoying that album. Something from earlier this year, Mags with Say Things That Matter. That's an artist I've been keeping an eye on for a while, and I really like his new album. The cover's really cool. It's like a circuit board diagram. Mm. Catches the eye, kind of. And finally, Luke, a recommendation you gave me that I then passed on to several of my friends, BB No Money with Each of Edgies. It's great. Like If you guys didn't yes, listen to Luke. It's not pronounced Bubnos. Boobness. If you guys didn't listen to Luke about listening to it, listen to me and listen to it now because it's really good. And also there's a song that's a TikTok sound on there because it's 2021 and that's how my brain works. Wait, what is it? Oh, it's uh, it's the third track. What is it called? It's... Um, oh, I don't even remember. I sent it to Annie. I was like, hey, look at it. And she's like, oh, it's Edamame featuring Rich Brian. That's... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, The Rich a, Brian one. That's a TikTok yeah, yeah, song. That, oh, that one's a fucking jam i love it so yeah it's like it's also my favorite song because it's really really good so like i don't blame i assume tiktok's run by teens but it's probably also adults i don't blame the teens though for putting it on there you know he does use the grossest term for someone's butt in that which is dumper (laughs) so gross i you know what i expected worse because i hadn't noticed (laughs) that and i was like ready for yeah no, it it doesn't. You don't notice it. He's going so fast, but I just think it's funny. Dumper is bottom half yeah. uh, butt term. All right. Well, I got a few that came out this past week that I've actually played all of them on the podcast previously. You got Dummy with Mandatory Enjoyment. They're that new band uh, reminiscent of reminiscent of Yola Tango and Bell and Sebastian, 90s shoegaze. They're super fun. That album was great. I was blown away by it. Um. And then you got Deerhoof with Actually You Can, super fun, experimental rock, and they have like a like medieval theme going on with like the font and the aesthetic, which is a lot of fun. Uh, then Black Marble with Fast Idol, reminiscent of New Order, some great synthy jams. Very uh, vibey. Kevin confirmed it is vibey. Uh, yeah, it's really great. Yeah, I um, saw you and Brian listen to it on Spotify, and I was like... I. I got to get to that. I got to get out of my playlist and I got to listen to this and it's awesome. Yeah. And along those lines, but a little poppier, you'll definitely love this album, Kevin. This was someone I heard of and then forgot about uh, Caroline Kingsbury with the album heaven's just a fight and, or wait, no heaven's just a flight. And oh, don't want to mix those uh, up. Yeah. 
some nice synth pop, super good melodies, super catchy, uh, very like 80s inspired as well. And I uh, I missed it when it came out, and I'm glad I uh, remembered and checked it out. It's really good. Um, oh, then this is an interesting one I just listened to right before. Self-esteem with prioritize pleasure, and it's spelled with an S. And so I was like, what is prioritize? Um, but... It uh, it looks like a Shania Twain album cover. Holy or something from shit, the 90s. it does. She's got like a leather cowboy yeah. hat on, and like the aesthetic of it. Her last album cover almost looked like an old like painting too. So it's like she does really interesting stuff, and it's like, yeah, it's like pop, but it was, I would say like Maggie Rogers meets Sophie because it had some like weird electronics show thrown in there. But then like you know how Maggie Rogers does that great sort of like dance holly percussion mm-hmm. uh beats and so it's kind of along those lines too i really liked it just i'm gonna shout it out i haven't even heard it what a title of track number two fucking wizardry dude that's like the best one too I, i'm excited <laughs> now i'm gonna i'm gonna give yeah. it a listen after bustin i'll listen to this yes after multiple loops of bustin yes um and uh well hey if you're bustin you gotta prioritize pleasure <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, I uh, after Bustin, I'll start listening to music, but you, you, <laughs> mine was better. Yeah, you're much better. Um, and then last, but certainly not least, Zach Fox with "Shut the Fuck Up" talking to me. This came out a couple weeks ago. I just never mentioned it, and you, I thought it was gonna be just like joke, joke rap, but it's actually just really good. good. Although, because he's like a comedian too, yeah. but. Uh, there are several very funny lyrics. Uh, my favorite of which is "I'm a bad bitch from the '90s." Call me Scary Spice. So, there you go. That'll entice you to listen to it. So there we go. Those are our touts. Why don't we mosey on over to the music that's coming out this week that we're excited about in our shouts? First up, Mick Jenkins, amazing rapper uh, with "Elephant in the Room." So. His new stuff is always good. Check that out. And then I'm very excited for this one. Lily Konigsberg with Lily. We need to talk now. And uh, I mentioned Lily's other band, My Idea, because our friend August in the Discord, our Discord friend, shared that EP, and it was really cool and got me excited for Lily's solo album coming out. And now here it is. So that's definitely going to be a good one. The new single, Proud Home, I believe it's called, is super good. Um, So I'm very excited for that one. Sounds like, And that's uh, all I got. Sounds like, Lily, I have to listen. Exactly. It sounds like, Kevin, you need to listen now. So we got two this week. Two great, great artists. The War on Drugs with I Don't Live Here Anymore. Very excited for that album. Yes, I love them. Yeah, always excited to hear some new stuff from them. And uh, Luke, this is something for you. Moi? For you. Megan Thee Stallion, something for the hotties. Oh, because I'm a hottie? Yes, this is a Or just because I'm an enormous Megan Thee Stallion fan, because I am that as well. Hey, you decide. This is a mixtape coming (laughs) out. Always excited for something new from Megan Thee Stallion. Even that sandwich that I keep seeing advertised. Oh, does she have a sandwich? There's, yeah, there's some sandwich I've been seeing on Hulu that she's featured with. and 
She was, saw that Cornell Haynes Jr. meal that Nelly had at Burger King, and she's like, "I gotta no, get myself." Listen, I don't want to give it. I'm gonna let's. I'm a Megan the Stallion sandwich. We're gonna. I spelled sandwich. Yeah, wrong. let's look it up. It's it's from Popeyes. Oh, it's the Megan the Stallion hottie sauce. Oh, you know what? Maybe it's just uh, sauce. Sauce. Yeah, but like feature, <laughs> featured featured on a sandwich. It's like it's like sandwich featuring Megan the Stallion. Yeah, that's cool. I yeah. like that. It looks um, good. Hey, I mean Popeyes. That's that's the restaurant to do business with, baby. Yeah. Um, so, so shout out to Megan the Stallion sandwich. Shout out to Megan the Stallion sauce. And I'll go pick it up. It. Yeah. No, I honestly, she's one of the great rappers of our time. I love her. Yes. All right, Luke. All right. You want to do this? I want to Dune this. Oh, baby. What a movie. All right. Spoiler warnings. We said it earlier. Yes. But we are going spoiler to spoil Dune 2021, the film. I yes. have book knowledge. I will not spoil that. If anyone wants to ever talk to me about it, hit up the best song ever Discord and believe me, I'll talk. Oh, he'll talk. Um. Yeah. Why don't we get your impression as a vet? Did it live up to your standards? The short answer is yes. And the long answer is hell yes. It was <laughs> everything I wanted. It really, uh, I mean, visually it was stunning. The sound design is incredible. Oh. The soundtrack is really good. Like I, I could go on and on and on about the production of the film and how good it was, but it also stayed true to a lot of the themes of Dune, which is difficult because in our uh, primer, I went over how many themes <laughs> there <a> are. <laughs> and while I wish that would have been some discussion about some of the weirder things in Dune, like the Mentats and like the Landsrad and the Spacing Guild and the Guild Navigators, like that stuff being omitted didn't get in the way of the story they were trying to tell. Yeah. And that's a really, really hard needle to thread. And I think they did um, it perfectly. Yeah, I started David Dune's David Dune's Lynch, um, David Lynch's Dune, and uh, like he gives you so much, like, and I don't know if this all has an asterisk because he did not have final cut of the film and is not no. the film he wanted to make. But in that one, there's straight up a woman speaks a bunch of exposition to the camera. They like show a graphic of all the minutes. planets. Then we see a scene of the emperor and his whole plan before we even know who the people are that he's like. And so I was just like, this is too much information. So I think Denny Villanueva, is that how you say his name? Um, Villanueva, I think it is. Maybe. Um, I don't know. I said it both ways. Um, He really, uh, in the new film, he did a really good job of giving you the information in a way that feels natural and it's not overwhelming. And like, I was wondering like, why is the emperor doing this stuff? Like, what is his plan? But it's cool because you don't know that you just see the shit happen. And then you have questions, which I'm assuming will be answered as you go on. And, um, so yeah, I thought it was really cool from my perspective, knowing nothing except for what Kevin told me before. And just like the general pop culture references to Dune, uh, I was like, this is awesome. 
the, every five minutes they are introducing some new sci-fi shit. They're like, this is a still suit. It recycles water. And then they're like, this is the gom jabar. It's a poison needle or whatever. I'm just like, there's then the, oh, what are the little things? The little desert mice. Oh, that was the highlight of the movie for me. I was like, look at that little guy. He's like got rabbit ears, but he's a mouse. Yeah. So yeah, I thought it was like for a sci-fi person, it was a dream. And as a, a big sci-fi fan, it doesn't yeah. do the thing that I sometimes want to see where it gets bogged down in explaining how things work. It's just like, right. we're in space. It, shit works. Just ignore it. Whatever. Like, yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it is only a setting for the plot, which is the priority versus like yeah. explaining how the dragonfly helicopters work. Exactly. They just do. It's like, we get it. They look like dragonflies. We don't need to say more. They're sweet. Oh, I loved the dragonflies. The design on the ornithopters was really, really cool. I, and there was like an old one, like at one point, like they were in kind of like a retro one and that was really cool. I remember that. Yeah. It's, it's like later in the movie, they, they're, they're doing, they're right. We can spoil it. It's when they, Jessica and Paul, uh, separate from Liet Keens and are like are running oh, yeah. from the Sardaukar and they go into the yeah. the desert. Which is funny because you talk about any of this shit, it's like you sound like the biggest nerd when oh, yeah. they're running from the Sardaukar. <laughs> yeah. But you know what's funny is like I mentioned Gam Jabbar. Mm-hmm. I knew that that term and i don't know why i did <laughs> like, too there's like when i started words reading the book, from this i, know. I was like yeah. why do i like why is that familiar it's right a, it's, it's weird. a poison needle featured in the first 20 pages right like what <laughs> yeah so weird which it's interesting because i did start reading dune now and oh, yes. um that's the first scene and just it's cool because like seeing the different take of that scene like the new film the david lynch film and the the book how they all sort of like handle it differently. And uh, it's really cool. But yeah, I thought that scene in the new one was awesome mm-hmm. with the Gam Jabbar. And it the, was exactly what box. I wanted. They they did a shot. Yeah. And it's kind of graphic, but like where it showed his hand, like literally like in lava yeah. like melting. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what I pictured when I was in the reading the book was like, like your hand right. just like melting away, like to the, bone. which they do that in the Lynch one too, but it's obviously a little, a little more sophisticated in this one. Yeah. <laughs> Cause the technology is better. After the movie, I was watching parts of the Lynch one with a buddy and I was actually kind of surprised how accurate the Lynch one was to like the vision presented in the new one, because we went to like watch the scene where Paul and Gurney fight with shields. Yeah. And, like, oh dude. And the that, that scene so in the bad. old one is, is, <laughs> Man, they're they're pushing the limits oh, of CGI. Yeah, but this scene itself gets it a, the same idea across really well. Yeah, even the scene where Liet Keens is like checking the stilt suit uh, that Paul's wearing, and they oh, I didn't get that far. Yeah, yeah, I mean the scene's like perfectly done in both movies. It's just yeah. a very different vibe, and and the Lynch movie I've said. It starts strong, and I think it falls apart in the last third because they just kind of run out of time. Yeah, because it really wasn't it wasn't that bad. Like there would occasionally, like every ten minutes or so, be like a CGI shot because they couldn't practically do it, and it's yeah. like, oh yeah, it's outdated CGI, but whatever. You know, like it's really not bad. It's like 
a lot of it's well written, well acted, and it's still like a cool like looking movie visually. But um, I feel like I wonder if the studio wanted him to explain stuff more, and that's why it gets so bogged down. Because I'm not sure. Like he, I feel he like went they to screenings and gave people glossaries for the movie. Wow! Like it's just it's not. A well-crafted, independent vision, and it, yeah. it sucks because like it's obviously like there's budgetary issues, there's there's studio interference, and the the, the also, new movie seems to be more of like an auteur film because right. they yeah, were like we're not going to finish the story; it's going to wrap up at a point where people are going to want more, and yeah. we're going to have to leave that to the sequel, which was greenlit today. So hell yeah, hell baby. Yeah. Dune two um, in twenty twenty three apparently. Awesome, I'm excited. Um, obviously, the film does not wrap it up in any sense. That's what I'm like. If it was any other movie, and I didn't know, obviously they're gonna drag this out into multiple movies. I would be like, what the fuck? But uh, well, like Zendaya was barely in any of that. But, I'll give them credit. Uh, is that the first title card is Dune Part One? Part One. They, I mean, yeah. they. They do not pretend that this is a complete story. This is one half. It's like the Lord of the Rings Extended Edition where, like, half of it's on disc one and half it's on disc two. Like, you are not getting the yeah. complete story. Um, I also loved, uh, like, the the worms were fucking sick. Incredible design. the, like, lead up to the worm was the coolest part where you start seeing just, like, sand, like, fly up and... Uh, like probably what it would actually be like if something like that were were the doing that, you know. Before, where like the sand starts vibrating and people like yeah. sink into it, that was like, I mean that oh, that, that brought the so intensity up so much. Yeah, there was one scene that they replaced, and it's when Liet Keens dies. And who is Liet Keens? The ecologist, the eh? woman, the the woman oh, there, doctor or something. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's in the book. <laughs> Doctor Keens. Doctor that's what Leah I Keens. Yeah, in the book, and that that role was gender swapped from the book, and like I, I think the actress yeah, did good. An she awesome, awesome job. So I was excited to see her. But in the book, he's kind of been abandoned in the desert, and then doing like that's a death sentence, right. and he's having this vision with his father where they're discussing mm. the ecology of Dune, and like a sandworm is coming, and it's it it kind of does a really good job of setting the stage for the planet itself, which comes into play more in the later books. So like that scene wasn't necessary in this movie. I would have kind right. of liked to see it because it's a re- it's one of my favorite scenes. Right. But they also featured her death like in a way where Jared from Big Dead Energy and I were sitting next to each other and like she had those hooks and I don't know if you know what those hooks are for. Oh well now I Oh do. no yeah because they show it at the end. Uh, yeah, for worm riding, but I and didn't. I, I thought we were gonna get that in that moment, right. and I, I could, I was about to just scream in excitement, <laughs> and then she, and then she gets killed, and I was like, oh no, um, and yeah. I, I wasn't a huge fan of them showing that at the end actually because like it was from a distance, you just saw a little bit, right. You know, that, there's going to be a whole scene of it in the next one where that is going to be a little like more yeah. high stakes and like right. up close, and like that'll be really cool. I almost wish they'd kind of yeah. held that card back, but I get that they kind of have to sell you, you going to see the but, next movie. 
Yeah, and also when he looks over at the sand riding and says desert power, calling back uh, Oscar Isaac, his dad's words to him in the beginning, I was like, oh, that's sweet. Just because it was like, it made me think of him. Like, oh, that's sweet. He's calling back his. And that's that's a term that's strictly used in this movie, and I think sums up a lot of Leto's ideas about like his Mm. dukeship on on Arrakis. So they did a really good job of kind of condensing a lot of that into just like desert power. Yeah. We didn't even mention fat levitating Stellan Skarsgård, but (laughs) awesome. I mean, what do we even need to say? It's great. (laughs) Yeah. All the casting was great. I, I read the book after the cast list had been announced. So, okay. So I, 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 that's the thing I actually kind of like to do because a lot like of people, I think, a lot of, like to do. A lot of people like will read a book and then be really pissed off at the casting, whereas yeah. I kind of avoid that. And like maybe I'm losing something well, picturing my own actors, but I, right, like, I always knew it was Timmy Shalini. Yeah, and that's fine. Um, well, I wanted to say one more thing because I started reading, and um, you know, after I read Ready Player One and then saw the movie, uh. I vowed not to read the movie or read the book before a movie because there was so many like powerful scenes like that made me cry when I'm reading Ready Player One. And they were just not. They were either glossed over or removed completely or changed completely. And that was the writer of the book. And so I'm just like, I would have loved that movie if I had not been expecting something different. So I uh, think that's less of reading the book before you see the movie. I think it's less of one of that that issue and more Ready Player yeah. One the movie issue. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like, just because they Spielberged it up. But in a in a very similar era of time, I read The Martian, and then that movie, like, was a more condensed version, but hit on all cylinders mm-hmm. for me. But was, was good. Oh, okay. very similar with Dune. Yeah. Well, and I'll probably because I started Dune. Hopefully, I will finish uh, the first couple books before the second movie comes out. But. I just want to, because I'm a terrible reader, I'm slow, and then I'll go years without reading anything, and then, like, I devoured the Game of Thrones books, so I'll, like, weirdly, like, go on a kick, but I just want to illustrate my ambition versus execution, because I had read, like, two pages of Dune, and then I'm like, oh, I need to make a reading tunes playlist like you have, you know, that you just mentioned. And so I just put all this like Mad Lib and explosions in the sky, all the great instrumental music I can think of. And then I have a 15 hour playlist and I've read like five minutes so far. <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> The ambition versus execution. I, I'm i not even going to pretend to be surprised about that, though. <laughs> yeah. You you definitely would be like, I need to I need to have my playlist for the next uh, yeah, 17 sure. chapters settled before I can get going. Exactly. For the next 17 books I read, whatever. You yeah. know? Now I'm set. Um. All right. Well, we've gone deep into the deserts of Arrakis. Uh, I think it's about time this mini-sode comes to a close, even though this is only the beginning. So, we got three daddies. Uh, first up, we're a Planet Ant podcast powered by Pinecast. Head over to planetant.com. Listen to the likes of Big Dad Energy, the likes of Detroit Strange and Scaring is Sharing and Worst in the Industry. Um, and then you can go to planetant.com slash best song ever and join our Discord and get some great recommendations for music. And then offshelf.net check it out it's on the internet they're our third daddy 
Uh, the new zine is out. Also, uh, my cousin Brian is doing a new column on hip hop called Bar None, where he will be highlighting the great hip hop albums that came out in each month. And so that will be coming out in the next couple weeks on Off Shelf. And I got a peek at the playlist, and there are some great stuff on there. So look out for that. To speak to Brian's uh, bona fides, if I will. Oh, yeah. Like, in March, he was <laughs> like, I made this playlist of songs to check out, like, good hip-hop. And I was like, oh, man, could you send that to me? And it was 35 hours long in <laughs> I March. I guarantee you he's added to it since then because he's found a bunch of new stuff god who knows listen maybe he has it was still daunting to listen to and i had notes on it that were like a paragraph and i had made it a fraction of the way through (laughs) yeah so he i don't think there's anyone i know that's any better for that so go read that i'm the sample sleuth he's the hip-hop hunter so i'm the banger bitch exactly we all we all play our roles (laughs) on that note That's going to do it for us this week. I'm Luke Levin saying, you better check your perspective. I'm Kevin Connor saying, go ahead, chase those waterfalls. This is best song ever. Uh, Got egged. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.